for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. Uh, one of my favorite books is the book called The Case for Christ. Uh, I'm sure many people know about the book, but it was written by a man named Lee Strobel. Uh, when he wrote it, he was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And at the time, he could not understand his wife's sudden conversion to Christianity. Uh, so he did what all normal people would do. Uh, he used his investigative expertise and background to try to debunk Christianity. Uh, but prompted by the results of his investigation, he couldn't help but convert himself. Uh, it's an amazing story of one man's transformation. Uh, but what if Lee took all the evidence that he gathered, all the evidence that eventually compelled his heart and mind to change, and instead of accepting it, just ignored it, refused to believe it, even though it was right in front of his face? You know, what would have happened then? You know, just because something is glaringly obvious, uh, it doesn't mean that people accept it. It doesn't mean that people honor it. And it also means that people do not give proper response to it. Uh, today's passage is about Jesus performing another miracle. Uh, but more than that, it's also a passage that shows us how to properly respond when Christ comes into our lives and shows us exactly who he is. Uh, so with that, let's read today's passage together. Luke chapter 11, verses 14 through 28. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebel, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebul. Now if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Today's passage begins in verse 14. It says, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. 
Uh, when the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. Uh, it's actually telling that throughout this short passage here, that this amazing feat, this miracle, is kind of glossed over. It's only mentioned in this one verse. Uh, but it does make sense, for it's not necessarily the miracle, uh, this healing that's you know, driving the rest of this passage, it's actually how the people respond to it. You know, we are told that people responded in different ways. It says the crowd was amazed, yet there were others who refused to acknowledge who Jesus was. Uh, for some, they thought it made more sense that Jesus himself was possessed by a stronger demon, and even others, they say, demanded more from him, asking for more signs. Now, these are the three responses that we see in today's passage. Uh, amazement. The second one is, he must work for Beelzebub, which is another word for Satan. And the third response was, people demanding more. You know, the Son of God, Jesus tells you that he is this foretold Messiah, and all the signs and wonders in his teachings will attest to who he is. He tells you all this, he points to the scripture, he shows you, and then he explains it further. And yet, people with their hardened hearts uh, refuse to believe him, refuse to see what was right in front of their face, and refuse to respond in faith. You know, we too live in a world where people are very skeptical, but at the same time, very gullible. Uh, we live in a time where people believe what they see on YouTube uh, more than what they believe in the Bible. You know, they say that YouTube told me, right? Uh, YouTube told me about lizard people. YouTube told me that the earth is flat. YouTube told me this and that. You know, why is it so easy for us to believe and fall for these lies? Uh, well, why is it so hard for us to believe what is actually true and right in front of us, always accessible to us? You know, because the people's heart was so callous, you know, Jesus even explains it further and logically. He says it will make no sense for him to be working for Beelzebub. Why would Satan drive out Satan? You know, that doesn't make any sense. And he presents this argument in front of them. He says, if the satanic connection is not there, what is the logical conclusion that everyone must see? What must they follow? You know, he tells us actually in verse 20, he says, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. you know, this was Jesus' point. You know, in front of us is the word of God. In front of us is always the Word of God. At the same time, I know that God has spoken to you in many, many different ways. That God has revealed Himself in many different ways in your life as well. So the question that we need to ask ourselves is, how are we going to respond to all of this? Will you worship in awe and amazement? Will you ignore it and make justifications against Jesus? Or will you demand more? Which of these three will you respond today? I pray that everyone here today, in the presence of God and his word in front of us, that we are able to respond in faith, that we are able to respond in amazement and what scripture calls the fear of the Lord and be able to respond every day in worship, knowing who Christ really is. You know, secondly, we see in the second half of today's passage, uh, Jesus warns what happens to those who are not able to fully commit to him. We read in verse 24, it says, When an impure person, a spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. You know, in the story that Jesus tells us, that we're told that an impure spirit is removed for a person, 
But when the spirit is unable to find another home, another host, it returns back to where it began, this time with seven more wicked spirits. And the condition of the person is actually worse than before. Why? What is Jesus trying to tell us here? He's saying that if God's grace frees someone from the presence of evil temporarily, but then is followed by a refusal to respond in faith, then the person, that person's state, will be even more dangerous than it was before. That your refusal to respond to God's grace is not a matter of neutrality, but it's actually putting yourself into destructive hands. It's a negative thing that you do. You know, I remember we used to go to retreats as children, as youth, and there was this ongoing joke about these retreats, right? Afterwards, we call it the retreat high, right? You go to the retreat, you experience this change, but the problem is, it's only temporary. And a few weeks later, you're right back where you began. But that's a dangerous thing. That's the danger that Jesus is warning us about, about kind of accepting, but then kind of throwing it out again and going back to where you were before. You know, I pray that everyone here today is able to experience the grace of God. And I pray that everyone who experiences it fully is able to respond fully in faith as well. You know, as Jesus says in verse 20, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Let's not just give a little taste of his word and then forget it. Instead, through his word, that we're able to seek him every day, that we're choosing to respond to his grace every day, to be able to have a heart of thanksgiving every day, to be able to sing a brand new song of praise every morning and every day. You know, I pray this over everyone worshiping with us here today. And what I truly love about this daily devotional, this living life, is that our devotionals, it doesn't really end when we close the book. It doesn't end when we close the living life. You know, Jesus and God has given you a word for today through this, you know, passage. And it continues on as we continue to make the choice to live out that word for us as we live this day. You know, whatever message that God is giving to you right now, I pray that you're able to respond in faith and to be able to live it out in true and tangible ways and allow that to lead you to a life of true transformation. And our daily response to his word is so integral to our faith. Let us all pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for giving us your word for us today. We pray, Lord Father God, that as we hear it, that it doesn't just flow out of us. It doesn't make us just feel good in this one little moment, uh, but instead we are able to hold on to it, that we're able to obey it, that we're able to remember it, and that we're able to live it out in our lives. Uh, let it be the agent that transforms us, and let it be the way that we are able to communicate and to know you every day. Let us hold on to your word in all that we do. Lord, we thank you and we love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world as nothing in prosa, see Jesus.